0: Remember what I taught you, keep your heart, three stacks, keep your heart, hey, keep your heart, three stacks, keep your heart, man, these girls are smart, three stacks, these girls are smart, play your part, play your part.
1: And welcome back to another weekly edition of Triple Threat brought to you by Sticklin and Dryer Law Firm here. On KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, my name is Kyle Jones. I am joined, as always, by Chance Stickler and Cole Tusing. Chance, we'll start with you. How's it going? How are you? Uh, how are you holding up with <laughs> yeah. all this, uh, all this election stuff? Saw the drama and all the right st- stuff that's been going on this week. Everything's
0: going well. The weather is uh, really very nice outside we've got you know mid 60s and i was looking at the weather channel right now it's 74 in columbia which is really nice for you know november what are we november 6th now uh but yeah no it's really it's really been interesting i've really been uh 100 focused in on the news as of course you know tuesday was a big day uh in america of course the election and it's you know the votes are still being tallied And a couple of crucial battleground states all across the country. And kudos and hats off to all the thousands upon thousands of volunteers. Counting ballots, counting votes uh, in these crucial states. Your work is commended. And we are appreciative of all your hard work.
2: Uh, Cole Toosing, how are you doing, my man? Yeah, speaking of the voting and everything, the ballots, everything, the election. I just want to say this one point because I know Chance, you're the Chiefs fan. I saw that Arrowhead was hosting yes, an election booth, and there weren't enough voting booths, so Patrick Mahomes was able to. I don't know if he split the price to cost for the election booths, or he was able to buy them himself. Um, I didn't yeah, really. I'm not the details sure either, but much. I
0: did see that Arrowhead was going to be a polling place, which I think is great, and also down in, and if I'm not mistaken, in Atlanta, too. The State Farm Center, or whatever it's called, uh, where the Hawks play basketball, also turned into a polling site where, you know, work has been, you know, going for, you know, hours upon hours now. Yeah, I
1: mean, I saw, I mean, it was stadiums across the nation um, wound up Wound up becoming uh, becoming polling places. Um, I actually, I mean, heck, I, I voted at Mizzou Arena on Tuesday.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and I know, and I know there was, you know, you you had talked about how, and not only you, but you know, a lot of other students, I'm sure, had the same opportunity that you did to vote there. I wanted to uh, talk about that for a little bit, I, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about politics, as we are a sports talk show. Here on Missouri's Mizzou's campus, but right now the road to 270 looks like this. As of uh, what are we? 107 here in the Central Time Zone, 107 p.m. again. Uh, Biden with 253 electoral votes and Trump with 213 electoral votes. And as of now, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, Nevada. Arizona and Alaska have yet to be called we kind of have a clear idea maybe if you want to call it that of where things are leaning yeah we, and we might know a better idea of who wins the presidency tonight we
1: should based Possibly. On, based on how things have been reported we should know Georgia and Pennsylvania by tonight those ballots um, the remaining ones are largely are pretty much all their mail-in um, they're largely from Democrat favoring areas and also a majority of the mail-in ballots were are going for biden which was to be expected and
0: and i was was just going to allude to that and you alluded to it already but the one thing i wanted to touch on was we remember donald j trump encouraged all of his supporters and people who were going to vote for him to vote in person on election day whereas whereas the democrat party joe biden encouraged all of his supporters and democrats across the country to vote by mail-in, and we knew this was coming. We knew the mail-in ballot was going to be the later voted counted in most and, of these states, and we knew
1: and we knew it would take some time Correct. because most states weren't allowing those yep. votes to be counted until election day.
0: Absolutely, so, and, and
1: we knew there was going to be a lot of them. So, so what's happening now is normal. You know, once again, patience is key here. The fact that it is taking you know this much time. It means the system is working. But moving on from the election, um, let's move in to some good old-fashioned college football. Because while Mizzou might be on by this week, our college football-related talk certainly is not. So let us start and just briefly touch on the games tonight— Miami and NC State, that's in Raleigh. And then BYU-Boise State, that's an undefeated BYU at 7-0 going against a Boise State who has only played two games but is 2-0. So it's technically an undefeated versus an undefeated, um, The Boise hasn't had nearly as much under their belt. This BYU team, um, I said it a few weeks ago. Um, but, I mean, they're good, clearly. They're 7-0. But their opponents aren't very good, right? It's it's like, it's and we've, we've talked about it. it's like the old UCF team uh, that claimed the national championship, right? Sure, you go undefeated, but you're just playing a bunch of kind of scrum teams from the Sun Belt and, you know, and... Well, in, in BYU's case, they basically almost all been from the Sun Belt. They've got a few American teams in there. But Cole, what do you think of this BYU team? Undefeated, ranked nine in the nation. I mean, in a college football playoff world, do can, do you do we see BYU making a push?
2: In the current landscape of the cultural playoff, I don't because the cultural playoff only limits four teams in the cultural playoff, and you have to consider. The landscape of the four teams, obviously, Ohio State has a very good chance of going in. Columbus has a very good chance of going in. Most likely, Bama will be one of those four teams. So that's already three spots already taken up. And then you have Georgia up there. You have Oklahoma up there. You maybe have Florida up there. Depends on how this weekend goes. I don't
1: think we get Oklahoma up there. Oklahoma's Garbo.
2: I mean, Oklahoma State, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, well, but, uh,
1: and they lost as well, so...
2: Well, all those teams, yep. is what I'm trying to say, all those teams are a tier above BYU, especially when it comes to strength of schedule. So until the NCAA makes it where it's eight teams or it's conference champions in the college football playoff, a team like BYU or UCF will never make the college football playoff.
0: And I think to uh, piggyback off of that point for a second, we have to look at what happened to UCF, too, a couple of years ago with their season... Uh, and I think that you know, it, it, I think based on don't don't get me wrong, BYU a great football team. They're seven and zero, but BYU does not play in the SEC. BYU does not play in the Big Ten. BYU does not play in the Big Twelve. Now that's not to take away from their seven incredible wins this year, and they've got a you know a really good quarterback in Zach Wilson. But again, and I was I I don't know who BYU was playing. It was either a week ago or two weeks ago. Uh, but you have to look at, you know, the, you know, where we are in the college football landscape, you know, the, the, you have to have, and Cole mentioned a lot of these teams, but a lot of these teams have to suffer, you know, and from what we know, most of these most of these teams probably won't suffer. You're talking about a Georgia, you're talking about a Florida, you're talking about an Alabama, you know, some of the teams in the Ohio state for, I mean, you're talking about a lot of these different teams. Uh, It's going to be very, I think the short end of the story is it's going to be very hard for BYU to get into the college football playoff based on what we know and based on what we've seen in the past couple of years with how this committee kind of ranks things and how the whole system works. Kyle, is that accurate or would you add any more to that conversation?
1: I would say there is a path for BYU at this point. They have three games left it's Boise State. It's Northern Alabama and it's uh, San Diego State. Um, of course, only one of those is a truly decent matchup, and that's Boise State. But BYU has a path, provided the teams above them lose. Um, you know, so if if we look, if we look kind of at the uh, at the rankings right now, right? Let's just take a look at the rankings. You have at number one in the AP clemson who's undefeated two is bama also undefeated three is ohio state undefeated at two and oh and then notre dame is six and oh now ohio state has a heck of a long road in front of them they have an entire season in front of them they might lose you know so they lose i would be comfortable having them out you know same thing with same thing with notre dame if they lose, I'd I'd take a I'd take a one loss Georgia or frankly, I'd take an undefeated Cincinnati at number four over a one loss Notre Dame. Right? BYU is at a spot where if they do finish off and go ten and zero, you know they're they're on the outside looking in. They're gonna need help. They're gonna need these these higher teams to lose. But I I wouldn't count them completely out. Certainly, I would say they're they're going to wind up in a New York in a New Year's Six Bowl. I I think that's that's
2: unquestionable. Now, Kyle, you mentioned how Ohio State does have a long path. They've only played two games. I have the schedule pulled up right here, and Ohio State has already played their toughest game on the season already. They played at Penn State. That was their toughest opponent because yes. they're playing Rutgers this weekend, which they will promptly beat Rutgers. Uh, yes, Rutgers. Did get a win, but Ohio State in Columbus is going to beat Rutgers. Then they travel to Maryland. That's another win for the Buckeyes. Hey, man, don't be sleeping on the Terps. Oh, the Terps
0: have been not playing good football this season. Uh, After Maryland,
2: they (laughs) play in Columbus again against Indiana. Who. Credit to them, 2-0, and ranked 13. It's not going to be an easy game. Then they go to Champaign to play Illinois, that, which should be an easy game. That's another win. Because Illinois is winless. Then they play <laughs> against Sparty at East Lansing. Which should be easy. Sparty's bad this year. And then they play Michigan, which has a ton of problems. Yes. We're not going to go into how Jim Harbaugh yeah, is one of the highest paid coaches in college football. I,
1: I would agree with you on that. My, my only counter is that this, this Big Ten, as we've seen with... Rutgers winning in the opening week, as we've seen with a lot of other things, Indiana being ranked 13 two games in, this is a very unpredictable season in every conference,
0: you yeah, know? Absolutely. In addition to talking about BYU and Ohio State and those teams, I want to jump into uh, game of the week. Um, this week is down in the Sunshine State in Jackson, but Florida, we've got eight number uh, ranked, or I guess eighth ranked Florida. And fifth ranked Georgia, it's always a Clash of two uh, very dominant SEC teams who really truly don't like each other. Um, That game's at two thirty on CBS, their normal time slot. Georgia favored by a field goal, that being three points. The over/under is pretty high, fifty-two and a half points. Boys, I mean, we've got this is we have two very talented football teams here. We've got two. I think Kyle Trask is a little better, little bit better of a quarterback than, I think, what's his last name, Stennett. Uh For Georgia, I don't want to get that wrong. It's Stetson Bennett. Stetson. I knew I was going to butcher that. I apologize. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so, again, Bennett being the quarterback for uh, Georgia. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is an interesting game. This is really going to kind of, uh, I think, set the path for one of these two teams in the SEC as far as... As we kind of dwindle down the SEC season. I'm going to start with Cole. Cole what are you looking for in this game? and Who do you think has a better chance. Of coming out with the W. Uh, next to their name.
2: This game is going to determine. Who in the East. Goes to the SEC championship to play against Alabama. And we look at these two teams. Both teams have one loss. Georgia has lost against Alabama. Then Florida has one loss against Texas AM. Georgia has a lot. Better of a shot because Florida is playing. Georgia's defense is way better than Florida's, but Florida's offense, I trust a lot more than Georgia's. Georgia's offense struggles, whereas Florida's offense is going to put up a lot of points. Now, when you take a look at these two teams, Georgia and Florida, I'm going to keep my preseason pick. I said that Georgia's going to go represent the East in the SEC championship. I'm going to stick with that. I think Georgia wins this game because. Georgia has a lot more to play for because they're one lot excuse me Florida has a lot more to lose in this game than Georgia because Georgia's one loss so far as Bama meanwhile Florida's one loss is a
1: yeah though to be fair to a m they are you know the second best team in the SEC West right now um I look at this game similar to you Cole this is though this is the decider for the SEC East it most years is um. And when I look at this, I see a Florida team that's going to be short on bodies. They've already had issues with players uh, staying healthy, with people you know, having to take time out because of COVID. Now they're going to have some suspensions because of the fight that they decided to engage in against Missouri last week. So they're going to have to deal with that. On top of that, Their run defense, which Missouri wasn't able to really utilize last week, but Georgia can, their run defense is relatively weak, right? Zamir White, 90 carries, 402 yards, six touchdowns this season for Georgia. If Zamir White can get involved heavily in this game, give me the dogs. Um, I think Kyle Trask is the better quarterback. So I think in terms of the passing game... Florida has the edge there, but football is not just a game of passing unless you're running the air raid, which Georgia is not. So give me the dogs.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, you you point out Zamir White, Kyle. Uh, I'm going to look at uh, I'm going to uh, Kyle Pitts for Florida at the tight I guess the tight end position they have. Him at. But as far as in the receiving category, he has been completely dominant for the Gators, the two Kyle's really all season have been uh phenomenal. Florida putting up 42 points per game. Uh Georgia putting up 29.2 points per game. Uh the Gators have them topped in yards right now, 476.5 yards to Georgia's 404.0 yards, so of course it's 404 yards. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. Uh so Cole's got the dogs, Kyle's got the dogs. I'm going to take the Gators cuz both my parents went to UF. Uh, so I don't ever I, I don't ever root against Florida in this game. This is always a one of these um, very tense moments. And uh, if you're a Florida fan, especially I have two parents and we've and I grew up you know a Gator fan. Now I'm of course a Mizzou Tiger because I go to school here. But uh, it's always been one of these games that you know we've always been you know of course in Florida's Florida's favor. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Gators in this game over. Uh, the Bulldogs. Anyways, let's move on to uh, the night game. This is another good one. We've got a 1-4 matchup uh, going on between Clemson, of course, the top team in the country, and Notre Dame, the fourth ranked team in the country. So this is another good game. I'm going to let you guys uh, spit it all out and kind of, you know, talk about this a little bit. Uh, but, you know, this is another crucial game. Uh, I think for Notre Dame, especially, I think this is a, I don't know if I would call it a must I don't know if I'd call it a must win, uh, but it's going to be close to one. Uh, what do you guys? I'll start with Cole again. Cole, what is your? What do you think about this? I this mean, game? I
2: have to disagree with you a little bit. I think it is a must win for Notre Dame Cole, to beat yeah. Well, that's
0: why it's kind of a
2: yeah. This, I would, this, this is, increases their chance of going to the correct, ACC championship and further increases their chance of Notre Dame being the college football playoff. Yeah, I
1: I think if they lose this game, they're out of the college football playoff. Cincinnati Cincinnati will (laughs) easily take their place.
2: So let me rephrase that. It is a must-win for Notre Dame. Absolutely. Yeah. So going back to this Clemson-Notre Dame game, I absolutely think that Notre Dame has a chance to beat Clemson because Clemson looked extremely weak, especially without Trevor Lawrence, against Boston College. Boston College had a legitimate chance— at beating Clemson, but they let the game slip away. And Notre Dame is a way better team than Boston College. I have to choose Notre Dame here.
1: Yeah, you know, do we know whether or not Trevor is playing? Trevor Lawrence is not playing. He is not playing. Okay, since Trevor Lawrence is not playing, give me Notre Dame. Because wow, for, for, so the, you, okay. for the exact same I mean they looked yeah. look weak. They looked vulnerable against Boston College. And if you're going to look vulnerable against Boston College, <laughs> the Fighting Irish will expose you. So
0: as of now, ESPN's matchup predictor has Clemson at a 65.8% ch- chance to win, Notre Dame at a 342 chance to win. But all three of us are going with the Fighting Irish, I think, in this game. I would agree with you guys with the Trevor Lawrence. Uh News of him being out, of course, because of COVID. Uh, we all hope he reco- recovers quickly from that. Um, I didn't you want to talk about the AM South Carolina game or do I mean you there's kinda t- wanna skim over that. There's
1: not too much to talk about with that one. Texas A and M has looked vi- has looked pretty solid since their one loss to Bama. They're favored by ten in this matchup. It's in Columbia, South Carolina, but I give it to the Aggies. They're they're the team with the hot hands right now. Um, Kellen Mond's been looking great.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I would certainly agree. Cole, are there any other games that uh, catch your eye while we're well? We got college
1: football. We gotta talk well, about I mean, the Pac 12. Pac twelve is coming back. Yeah, this yeah weekend, talk about the Pac twelve. Okay. Um, so so we already know Cal Washington canceled. Yes. Cole, I know for sure you've got your eye on USC Arizona State out at the Coliseum. Um, we'll talk about that one first. And then if there's another one that y'all have your eye yep. on, we can go over to that.
2: So USC, Arizona state. And for those who don't know, my dad and uncle went to USC and our USC alum, and I grew up a Trojan fan my entire life. So USC is probably my second team only behind Mizzou. Of course, this is where I go to, but USC realistically, if we're being honest, should dominate against the Sun Devils. Clay Hilton, the coach of USC, is playing for his job this season. He's currently on the hot seat, and if he's not able to put a winning season or at least a respectable season for the Trojans, USC is going to look elsewhere when it comes to a coach. I agree with that.
1: Arizona State,
2: they've had flashes
1: of good in the past few years, but nothing sustained, not enough to convince me that they're going to win this game. I'm interested in Oregon State Washington State. Oregon State favored in this game, but we are not too far removed from Washington State challenging not only for a college football not not only for a Pac-12 championship spot, but also for a college football playoff spot. So, this Washington State Cougar team nothing to be, you know, they should not be taken lightly.
0: Absolutely, and I think another game that I, you know, I think another game that I'm interested because Stanford always puts up a fight in some of these games. I'm interested to see how Stanford and uh, 12th ranked Oregon do. I think that that'll also be a another fun yeah, game. Yes, Stanford's always Eugene.
1: Stanford's always that wild card, right? Correct. I mean, the, the spreads it's it's eight in favor of Oregon. Yep. But and this is at the this is at Austin Stadium. No, no fans, of course, so you don't have to worry about that. But Stanford is so weird to me you know that yeah. sometimes they're great sometimes they just suck but other than that any other matchups on the college football schedule that uh, you guys take a look at and say Ooh, let's well, talk about them.
2: Um, michigan is playing at indiana I, I was, but let's not talk about michigan right now see, because was, of the whole jim harvaugh situation I was gonna say, that was going to be the last game i was going to know
0: it was 23 ranked michigan will travel to michigan um, should not be ranked after that performance against 13th State. ranked indiana uh, michigan that, is not
2: ranked they, well, should, they shouldn't be. Well, as of as now, they, they are. They really shouldn't yes. be ranked Correct. 23. They so should so be ranked. I
1: imagine what you're saying is that the Hoosiers will win.
2: I mean, when you take a look at this, I think Michigan's going to win. For, <laughs> for this, for this,
1: <laughs> they shouldn't for this be ranked, simple, but they're going to beat Indiana. No, 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 for this
2: simple record, for this simple simple fact, under Jim Harbaugh, Michigan is one in six, playing against Michigan State and Ohio State, which clearly... He's not the answer when you want to win a big game, but he's nearly undefeated against everyone else in the Big Ten.
1: Okay, so so against actual football teams, he's very good. Against the the, the lower tier, he's bad. This Indiana team is a different animal this year. Um, I, I think the Hoosiers have it
0: again. To now we'll wrap up our football segment. I want to go back to Mizzou real quick. Again, Mizzou is on an off week, or I guess a bye week, if you want to call it that, this week. Uh, but next Saturday, will they will host? Uh, Right now, Georgia's fifth ranked. We'll see what happens this week against the Gators, but fifth ranked Georgia, uh, an 11 a.m. kickoff again. That is next Saturday in Columbia, and you'll be able to hear the broadcast here on KCOU next Saturday. Uh, but Kyle, one game is in the book for the NFL. What are we, week nine? Yeah. Now we got a plenty more matchups to talk about on the other side of the break
1: yep we'll take a quick break when we come back as mentioned nfl talk it's triple threat brought to you by stickle and dry law firm here on kcou sitting in the passenger seat and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a 3-ton hunk of steel freaky right well why not just ask them to stop or better yet volunteer to text for them it might be a little awkward but believe me you'll live learn more at stoptextstopwrecks.org brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration
2: Hey Mizzou, did you know that research at the Wellness Resource Center indicates that 90% of MU students do not approve of being rude to other fans? This is why Mizzou has the best fans in America. This public service announcement has been brought to you by the Wellness Resource Center, Craft Beer Cellar, and KCOU
0: 88.1 FM. KCOU would like to shout out Eastside Tavern. It's the bar that's bizarre. Downtown Columbia's best karaoke comedy club. With a huge selection of drinks and activities and themed nights every week, Eastside is a solid place to hang out.
1: And a warm welcome back. To Triple Threat brought to you by Stickle and Dry Law from here on KCOU. NFL talk. And guys, we had an interesting one on Thursday. Packers taking the tar out of the 49ers. That San Francisco team did not look itself.
0: Well, they didn't look themselves because they are, uh, they got plenty of players on the IR, they've got some players on the COVID list. So, yeah, the Packers were able to take advantage of that last night of course. In Santa Clara, uh the Niners dropped to 40 the 49ers for that matter dropped to 4 and 5 on the season, 1 and 4 at home while the Packers moved to uh, 6 and 2 on the season, 4 and 1 uh away. Um yeah, 34-17, Green Bay won the game last night. Aaron Rodgers finished 25 of 31, 305 yards and four touchdowns. Uh key takeaways from this game and i want you guys to talk about what this game meant for both teams moving forward i'll start with you
1: for the packers it was another good win um aaron Rodgers once again showing us you know he's he's an angry man out on a mission to win himself a super bowl for the niners i mean once again this is another game for san francisco where it's like Okay, we lost to one of the better teams in the NFL, but to be fair, half of our team was playing with only one leg, you know? So moving forward for the Niners, it's very hard for them to adjust because you never know what kind of team, not necessarily, you know, oh, we don't know what we're going to get each week. They literally don't know. They literally don't know who's going to be on the field each week because they don't know who's going to be out with COVID or out with injury.
0: And Cole, I know that you are—you uh, always like to talk about this 49ers team. Of course, Garoppolo out till uh, December at the earliest. So they had Nick Mullins in last night, who didn't play his very best football. Uh, anything that the nine—I mean, obviously, there's a lot that could be improved for the 49ers. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, they traded one of their defensive players too. Uh, what was it? I think it's last they traded Alec- DeForest
2: Buckner the defensive. No,
0: Alexander. I'm talking about what's his name, Quan Alexander, possibly. Uh, I, I think- know they
2: traded DeForest Buckner to the Colts. They in the did, and I, and I think
0: Alexander also got uh, traded from uh, the 49ers. But anyway,
2: your main takeaways from last night's game. So, spe- so first of all, speaking as the NFC North fan, first I have to talk about the Packers for a second. We thought the Packers were going to be. Oh, they're not this grave a team in the NFC because they got beat by the Vikings and Delvin Cook, who the Vikings had one win on the season before they beat the Packers. Then they go out and destroy the 49ers and show that they're a legit team again. Aaron Rodgers is showing why he is constantly the MVP candidate this season. And when it comes to the 49ers, yes, they do have a lot of issues. Yes, they do have a lot of injury concerns with COVID and everything. But when it comes to the 49ers, they're not one of the best teams in the NFC, and they're not the best team in their division. I think the Seahawks are better. Well, the yeah, I mean, Rams the Seahawks are obviously are better. I are definitely giving a good shout. Even the Cardinals are better.
1: The, the deal, it's I wouldn't even say, it's that the, the Niners haven't been able to really, except for like maybe two games, show us who they really are.
0: And to my point earlier, Quan Alexander, yeah, was traded to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Uh, so he was with San Francisco, of course. Now he is uh, playing for the New Orleans Saints. But yeah, no, I would agree with you guys. It's uh it's uh, it's it's interesting. Um because I bel- they had they got a they've got a lot of players that are out uh, on that San Francisco team. Nonetheless, Green Bay picking up the win over San Francisco last night, 34-17 to open up week 9. Other games to get to, of course, on Sunday we've got uh, let's talk about I'll just go down the row here. Seahawks Bills. That game is going to be played uh, in what could right now it's a, it's gonna be 71 degrees I I don't know if that's yeah true. He, heavens knows uh, with
1: Buffalo but nonetheless that
0: game is uh out in Orchard Park in New York uh, and a six and one Bills team facing a six and two uh, six and two bills team six and one Seahawks. Six and, sorry yeah six and one Seahawks team facing and going to play a six and two bills team
1: uh outlook for this game. This is going to be so good of a football game, right? Because you have got Russell Wilson, who has the weapons like Lockett and DK Metcalf. You get those guys involved; they're really gonna, you know, turn the tide in your favor. But then for you know for Josh Allen and the Bills, get Stephon Diggs involved, get Devin Singletary the carries he needs, and you know they can usually win you the game. So you've got great weapons for both teams. Defensively, I feel as though they're somewhat evenly matched.
0: Yeah. So this I is
1: think, this is going to be some smash mouth football. I, I will say
0: this: you have uh, a very, very good running back in Devin Singletary, and you also got another outstanding player in Stephon Stephon Diggs. But of course, then we've already noted uh, what the Seahawks have. The Bills have a couple crucial losses this season, and I think that the one against Tennessee and the one against Kansas City are two big losses on their schedule. I mean,
1: you, you can't be mad about losing I, I losing to Kansas you, you, I know, City. I and know, I know. And then against Tennessee on Correct. the road, they did look bad. I will admit they look bad against Tennessee on the right. But Tennessee was flying high at that point. But so it, but
0: it's interesting because if you look at that division, right now I believe are the I think the Bills are on top of that division.
1: Uh I want to say you're correct, and you are. Yeah, they're six and two. They're they're in the same division as the Patriots my, and the Dolphins. The, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Jets. And of course so, the New York
0: Jets who are yeah, you know, so not you doing have, so well this season. You
1: have two teams that are floundering yep. in the Pats and the Jets. One team that's trying to make a stand in the in the Dolphins and, you know, maybe Tua comes in yep. and, and t- turns that tide. But division standings, it's a, it's a completely different outlook as compared to the NFC West, right? The AFC East is somewhat locked up already Correct. for Buffalo. NFC West is very much up in the air. Yep. Arizona and the Rams have essentially identical records. Seattle, of course, 6-1. It's only one win better than Arizona. Yep. And then you know you you talk about San Francisco's not you know not a good team. They're only two games back from first, you know.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and yeah, I I agree with all that. Uh, and, and,
1: and the Seahawks only lost was that yeah. that overtime loss so Arizona, to Arizona on
0: Sunday Night Football in Arizona. Exactly. So
1: so this uh. is this is a very very close yeah. matchup. Um, I'm looking at the injury report. Um, both teams have some pretty notable names questionable yep um S- seattle specifically with greg olson at tight end that's going to be a, a pretty big loss if he's, if he doesn't wind up being healthy he's questionable right now he could play similar situation with jamal adams mm-hmm. um and then for buffalo some similar situation with josh norman he is out so this is going to be really tough I choose Buffalo in this game. Okay. And nothing else but because they are at home. Yep. That is is my one kind of... Do we know what the
0: fan attendance capacity will be like? I'm not entirely sure on
1: that, but they are at home. And, you know, they're coming off good wins against the Jets and the Pats. Meanwhile, Seattle, they had a good 10-point win against San Francisco. But we are, you know... San Francisco scored 27 points in that game, and that was, you know, once again, we we mentioned a pretty handicapped team. I believe that was a Garoppolo-less 49ers squad.
0: So you've got the Bills. Cole, who do you have in this game?
2: There's a lot to unpack with this Seattle-Buffalo game, but I just want to say this. Seattle is the Big 12 team of the NFL. They're the team that scores a lot of points, and in order to beat them, you have to score more points than them, and they're not going to play great defense. Now when it comes to Buffalo, sure their D-line is great but I don't know if you know this but Buffalo has one of the worst, not only one of the worst third down defenses in the NFL right now, it's one of the worst third down defenses in NFL history. Really? Okay. So going up against an MVP wow. Russell Wilson, I have to pick the Seahawks here.
0: Yeah, I uh, also uh, am going to take the Seahawks on the road here. Um, I think that despite Despite Buffalo's very very talented offense, I think that the Seahawks have a little have have a ta- more talented offense uh, than the Bills. So again, I'm gonna so Cole and I are gonna take the Seahawks. Kyle's got the Bills. Moving on, we're gonna talk about another good one. Well, uh, I, I,
1: I will stop you before we move okay. on. Bra- breaking news in the past couple of minutes: Arizona Utah has been canceled for this weekend because of positive COVID tests okay within the utah program okay Thanks so for, so uh, we will not be seeing arizona that. utah
0: anyway. back, back to the nfl uh bears taking on the titans a five and three bears team and a five and two titans team this game will be in nashville uh cole uh how are what, bears what, what, doing? what do you got for us about what the with the chicago bears
2: what's what's the what's the outlook for dub bears What's the outlook? Oh, boy. That's, there's two di- there's two different ways I can answer the outlook question. On one side, what's the outlook of a Bears fan that we want to see, and what's the outlook of the Bears of what we're actually going to get? Yeah, I was going to say, y'all are
1: kind of bad.
2: Kind of. <laughs> so, yes, the biggest problem with the Bears right now is the offensive line, they, the Bears' offensive line cannot block anybody. I guarantee you, if the Bears' offensive line plating against a high school team, the high school team would be able to dominate the Bears' offensive line. The Bears' offensive line is that bad. They were not able to go after anyone in the trade deadline, so now the Bears' O-line is trash going for the rest of the season. And going back to previously last week, the Bears have been exposed with their bad offensive line against the Rams, and they got exposed even more in the overtime loss that really shouldn't have gone overtime. The Saints were just giving the Bears more opportunities to come back, but the Bears never really had a chance to beat the Saints. Now we talk about the Titans a little bit. The Titans and the Bengals last week, the Bengals laid out the groundwork for how you beat this Titans team. Correct. Derrick Henry is going to beat you, so you cannot allow that. You cannot allow your defense to lose momentum, and the Bengals did not allow one sack against the Titans all game. So in order for the Bears to beat the Titans this week, the Bears offensive line cannot allow one sack. Which and is from, impossible. Yeah, from how the O line's been so far, I think that's virtually impossible. But wishful thinking, that's the main reason so, how the Bears would win against the Titans. So
0: you've got the so Cole has the Bears over the Titans. I have the Titans. You've got the Titans
2: over the Realistically, Bears. Realistically, yeah. okay. the only reason the Bears will beat the Titans if the Bears allow not one sack. And, and how the season's been
0: that won't happen. All right, so Cole's taking Tennessee over Chicago. Kyle, who do you have? I
1: also take the Titans. The Titans, yeah, they've, they've had two losses. They, you know, they kind of trailed off slightly from the momentum that they had. But those two losses, one was against a very good Steelers team, and it was only by three points. And the other was against a Bengals team that is having a renaissance with Joe Burrow at quarterback. I do not think that the Bears have a chance in this game. I just don't. As you mentioned, Cole, that O-line is Garbo. Titans' defense is good enough. I'm not going to say they are top-notch, but they are good enough. Meanwhile, Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, 157 for 233 with 17 touchdowns doing work. But the main threat you got to worry about, the man who will kill Chicago on Sunday, is Derrick Henry. I was just
0: going to say, the explosive running back and running talent of Derrick Henry.
1: He is going to... End this Bears team, and he's gonna win this game for the Titans. All
0: right, I'm also gonna take Tennessee real quickly because I have some other games. Uh, we're gonna, we're, I know we talked about this a little bit. Baltimore and Indianapolis will meet on Sunday in Indianapolis. Two teams that are both five and two. Uh, the Ravens are three and oh on the road, the Colts and the Colts are three and oh at home. Uh, who do we have?
1: This is a very deceptive matchup in terms of record. Yes, the Colts are five and two. They play in the AFC South. As someone who watches football in the AFC South since I was, you know, since since the Texans began existing in 2000, the AFC South sucks. The Colts are not good. They are not the Titans who are also 5 and 2. They are a different team who are much worse. Meanwhile, the Ravens, yes, they are 5 and 2. You mentioned that. But the Baltimore Ravens are going to win this football game. They're going to win big. And Lamar Jackson is going to destroy the city of Indianapolis. Colt,
0: are you also on board with Kyle's logic with this game or are we going, are you going to go a different way with this game?
2: I'm agree with this logic saying that Baltimore will win this football game pretty convincingly against the Colts, but for a different reason, the Baltimore Ravens need to reconsider their play calling when it comes to Lamar Jackson, they're making Lamar Jackson so far this season be like a pocket passer, be like Aaron Rodgers where he's just sitting in the pocket and just hoping that one of his receivers will catch the ball. He's not able to use his legs as much as he did last year when he, he won leads, the MVP. He
1: leads the team in rushing.
2: Have you been watching the Ravens? I
1: have been. I, I will agree with you. He's definitely doing more pocket passing, but he also leads the team in rushing. So, so yeah, he could use his legs more, but also... The, the the Ravens just aren't going on much of a ground game. They should be using the legs more, but they they they're just they're not doing much. He is the top rusher for that team.
0: Cole who do you have in this game? I already picked Baltimore. Okay, so you've got Baltimore. You've got Baltimore as well, don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. And I've also got Baltimore. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. The 3 and 5 Carolina Panthers are traveling to Arrowhead to face a Red Hot uh 1-7-1 Kansas City Chiefs team again that is in Kansas City, Missouri at Arrowhead Stadium real quickly not much of a not much of a
1: not much of a fight here it's going to be Chiefs
2: Cole this is not a competition. Carolina is not <laughs> a bad team. If the Bears can beat Carolina soaking the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. I'm going to take uh The Kansas City Chiefs in this one over the Carolina Panthers as well. The Chiefs will pick up uh, their eighth win of the season. Uh, let's see here. We've got a uh,
1: Sunday night football is a good matchup.
0: Okay, so you just it, went, it, so you're gonna go. Yeah. you're gonna go right. I, o- I, I know
1: you I know you're looking around. You're,
0: you're gonna go right over your one and six Texans team. What you think we're gonna beat and the a Jaguars? One, and a Jaguars are also one and six. one in six. Yeah, I, I, and a I, one in six Jaguars. I know team. the Jaguars
1: are also one in six. <laughs> I I am very aware of that. I am very much aware of that, but. And heck, Houston's even favored by a touchdown. It doesn't matter, man. This defense <laughs> is garbage. This defense can this defense couldn't stop a freaking fly. <laughs> so you're taking who do you have? I've got the Jags.
2: <laughs> Cole, who do you have? I got the Tetsons on Really? <laughs> why,
1: why in the world? Why in the world are you going with Deshaun Watson and the crazy gang of misfits against against an actual competent existing football team in Jacksonville?
2: Because when you're talking about a competent oh, play calling, the Tetsons got rid of. <laughs> The Bill O'Brien, and when it comes to quarterback play, I trust Deshaun Watson, the Magic Man, more than Mitchu Mania.
0: Gardner, Minshew, exactly. Hey man, I'm also I'm also taking Houston in this game. Okay, so we got two Houston.
1: I admire you. I admire you. i was your
2: a Houston fan. Not pick Houston, but the two non-Houston fans pick them.
0: Because hey, we we're got garbage. we, we got to move on. So Cole and I have Houston. Kyle's got. Uh, I got Jacksonville. Kyle's got man. Jacksonville. Let's talk about the another important game. Let's go Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday night football. We've got a five and two, <laughs> five and two Saints team, uh, traveling to Tampa to take on uh, a six and two Bucks team. The Buccaneers. That being, uh, what do we like? Who do we like in this game?
1: Man, I like Tampa in this game. I know I was ragging on Brady earlier in the season for being inconsistent. They've found that consistency, you know. They really have. They've won the last three games, albeit one of those was against the Giants, um, which everyone can win against the Giants. But you know they also beat they also beat Aaron Rodgers Packers, and they beat a decent Las Vegas Raiders. So so they they're on they're on three straight wins. Um, they look a lot stronger than the Saints. The Saints have had two overtime games in the past three games, and both of those. One was against the Bears, the other was against the Chargers, and let's both admit, right now, neither of those teams are really good. You know?
0: Yeah. Cole, uh, are you riding with the Saints or are you riding with the The Bucs? I said this
2: earlier, but yeah, that Bears-Saints game should not have gone in overtime. The Bears had multiple chances to win, especially in overtime. The Bears just let that game slip away. So when it comes to the Saints-Buccaneers game, I have to choose the Buccaneers. As of now, the Saints will still be without Michael Thomas, Drew Brees is currently questionable. And even if Antonio Brown does play or not with the Buccaneers, it doesn't matter. He is eligible. It doesn't matter for the Buccaneers. I think their offense is way better than the Saints, so I have to pick the Buccaneers, especially at home. Give
1: me that that Tom Brady to Mike Evans connection, which we haven't heard a lot about this season, but, dude, Mike Evans, involve the man more.
0: To round out our NFL conversation this week, I'm also going to take – uh, Tampa Bay. So all three of us here in the studio have Tampa Bay. That being Cole, Kyle, and myself, have Tampa Bay over New Orleans this week. Again, that is Sunday night football. A 7:20 p.m. kickoff here in the Central Time Zone on NBC. Uh, let's give—we haven't done this in a little while. Let's give our favorite moment in sports, and then we will wrap up this week's edition of Triple Threat. Kyle, I'll start with you.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. As you know, I watch a lot of cricket. You do. I do. And we are into the thick of IPL playoffs. It's Indian Premier League, for those of you uninitiated. And I have been watching a lot of it. And Sunrise's Hyderabad won by six wickets today against Royal Challengers Bangalore, knocking RCB out of the tournament. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. I'm actually going to talk about a different cricket tournament, the plunket shield down in new zealand where kyle jameson the young stud has been taking wickets like candy from a baby the fast bowler is unreal guys got 13 wickets in the tournament and there's only been like two games played which means because you can only there's only a maximum of 10 wickets per innings 20 wickets per you know per match He's taken the majority of wickets of either team. He's basically taken almost every wicket that has been available to take in the tournament. So, Kyle Jameson is my favorite person, favorite moment in sports this week. Call Tusing,
0: what do you uh, what do you have for us?
2: Kind of put me on the spot because I not expect fair moment sports to come back. But if I had to choose off the top of my head, it would be college is coming back, especially in the Pac-12 when it comes to my USC Trojans, and if USC is able to beat Arizona State, which like I said earlier in the show, they realistically should, I have to pick USC coming back as my favorite moment.
0: Absolutely, and to answer your question earlier, this is also my favorite moment in sports. It ties in a little bit with, politi- with politics, of course, with the election going on on Tuesday, and as ballots and votes are still being counted across the country, determine the next president uh, Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City, they did split the cost to use Arrowhead Stadium. So, uh, I've always been a Patrick Mahomes fan. I'm a Loyal Cheese fan. Always will be. Uh, it's great to see uh, an athlete like that, of course, in the NFL. Super Bowl MVP, uh, Super Bowl winner now, um, helping out uh, the city of Kansas City, the community of Kansas City, open up a polling site at Arrowhead Stadium uh, for voters to come and cast their vote for the next President of the United States. That's what I've got. Another good show of fun week of sports uh we've got some fun college football games going on this weekend uh kyle wrap it up for us my man
1: absolutely thanks to you thanks to you all once again for tuning in to this weekly edition of triple threat brought to you by sticklin and dry law firm here on kcou it's been a good one tune in next week same time same place and of course tune in over the weekend we've got some mizzou related content I do believe that the soccer game against Georgia was canceled, so unfortunately we won't be broadcasting that one yet. Um, but that doesn't mean that we won't still have Sports Saturday content for you. So definitely tune in tomorrow. 8 a.m. is going to kick things off, and throughout that day we'll have all sorts of sports-related radio for you. But perchance Chance Stickland call to sing, Kyle Jones here saying good night and good luck, as Edward Murrow would put it. Have a wonderful weekend.